Amen. Thank you. Amen. Come on, let's thank our worship team today. Thank you so much. And also all our volunteers. Let's just um, just stand together. Let's just pray. You know, we just we just sang that we that a miracle can happen. Do we believe that today in our lives? You know, maybe you just haven't got enough faith this morning to believe that. But we're gonna we're gonna pray together today. But whatever it is in your life that you may need a, a miracle from the Lord, some kind of intervention from God in your life. Father, we come before you today. And Lord, there's many lives here represented, many things going on and online today. And so we just pray right now, Lord, that if there's, if there's a miracle needed, if there's intervention, divine intervention that's needed in a life today, we ask you, God, to move by your Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your life. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, Lord, for your word today. That, Lord, that it will bring life and hope. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much for being patient. We're going to continue with uh, our message. And um, my title of my message today is, It's Not How You Start, It's How You Finish. If we can show the video, that will help while I find my place in here. That'll be good. We've got a video. I'm going to show it you before we start. Thank you guys for that. Did you hear what Usain Bolt said? He said he's not, he's not a very fast starter, but he is a fast finisher. And um, I want to speak to you today about your race of faith. And I want to say to some of you in this room and online, it's not how you start but it is definitely how you finish. And no matter where you are in your race with God, some of you may have been thrown out the race, so you may be struggling in the race, but I want to encourage you that you can finish your race in God. I want to read to you from Joshua 14, and I want you to catch the spirit of this man called Caleb. And Joshua 14 says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Benir to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. However, I followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved around in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country 
that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. What a spirit from a man that experienced disappointment in his life following God, but he made a decision despite of what other people did in his life to stop him entering the promise of God at one particular season in his life. He made a decision that he was going to follow God 100% in his own walk. And not only that, he kept his passion, he kept his eyes focused on the prize and he wasn't satisfied to settle with second best. And he was determined at 85 years old that he was still going to go for the promise of God and he was going to finish well. See, it wasn't how he started, but it definitely was decided in his heart that he was going to finish well. There are many Christians and people I even know that I went to Bible college with and no longer in ministry, that they started the race really well. And there's people that you know right now and you online, people know in your life, your family, uh, your friends, people that were so on fire for God one minute and now they're no longer walking with God. They started the race with passion and vigour and excitement and they were on the front line, hands in the air, singing the praises of God and now they're no longer singing for the glory of God but living their life their own way. When challenge come, when persecution come, when heartache come, when difficulties come, they were derailed, they were disheartened, they were disillusioned, they were deceived and some were even disqualified and abandoned the race. I wonder if you're here today and you're sitting there thinking, do you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a decision in my life in this next month and I'm not sure whether I want to keep plugged into the things of God. I want to encourage you. Don't allow discouragement. Don't allow other people to rob you of you making a decision to say, do you know something, no matter what I'm going through right now in my life, I am going to finish well. I'm going to make a decision to serve God whole. Heartedly. I want to say to you, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter where you are right now, you can still get back in the race and you can still finish well. That's the message that I want to bring to you today. No matter how you've been derailed, no matter if you feel disqualified, the word of the Lord to your life today is that you have time to get back in the race and you can still finish well. There's one thing about over 30 years of following Jesus, not so much in the ministry, but being a Christian, I know that the race sometimes has been difficult. I know there is different challenges, different turns, but you know something I've learned to understand, there are different races, there are different seasons and different approaches and responses to the races and the obstacles that come in our life as followers of Jesus. And so for many of you, you will identify with me some of the races you know, when I first became a Christian, I was in a sprint race. Anybody experienced the sprint races where God would always answer prayer so quickly, where miracles would happen and things would happen out the blue and God wouldn't confirm his, his words, signs and wonders would follow. You know, circumstances would change. It was an exciting, it was on a roller coaster. There was a momentum. Nothing could stop me from declaring the goodness of God and going in the streets and witnessing about Jesus. There was just a speed to my faith. Anybody can identify with that? 
And you know something, then you get in church life and then all of a sudden things begin to dry up and stop and God's not working as he used to do and you think there's something wrong with you and then you think there's something wrong with God and you think there's something wrong with the church and you go through this season at what happened to the fast pace of my faith. I was so on fire for God and now I'm finding myself in a marathon race. Things are not working how that used to be anymore. Things have slowed down. In other words, I'm not getting quick answers to my prayers anymore. It means I've got to press in and get hold of God and begin to wait a bit longer where sometimes God is saying not yet rather than always giving us what we require immediately and then we're just so on fire for God but then it becomes a marathon. It takes longer to see things happen. That God's requiring patience of us and perseverance and endurance to keep going when we feel like we want to throw the towel in. Anybody in a marathon race right now in your faith? And then I've learned there is not only that, it's changed to a relay race. You know, things are handed to you and then things are taken from you. There are different seasons that come in your life in a relay race. One minute job comes in one hand and out the other. Friends and family and colleagues, one minute come in your life and next minute leave your life. There are ministry changes and seasons in your life. Congregations change, styles change, buildings change. And then sometimes we're handed the opportunities in life and then we're handed the uncertainties of life. It's like a relay race. But if you don't know how to handle those seasons and those races you're going to get derailed. But we need to understand that, that the race that we, we run, that, that, that we need to navigate the race. And then there is obviously the hurdle race. That things that we have to get over in our walk with God. We have to get over disappointment. We've got to get over discouragement. We've got to get a rise above the trials and the challenges of life and the schemes of the enemy. Learning to handle and hurdle temptation. Learning to get over offence. Learning to get over um, holding unforgiveness and learning to, to forgive. There's a lot of things that we've got to learn to get over as we're following Jesus. We've got to learn to choose integrity and to live according to his word. And there are some times that we get stuck and we just don't feel like we can get over that. In my walk with God, I've got to begin to learn and to be a better husband, a parent. But there's just so many things that we've got to get over as we begin to follow Jesus. If you don't know that, if you're just told that everything will be all right for you when you give your life to Jesus and there'll be no challenge and there'll be no changes and there'll be no hurdles and there'll be no marathons and you're going to get really disappointed in the race and then we enter the triathlon race. What's that? It's not only just a run, it now it's a swim and it's a cycle to actually finish the race. You know something? As we begin as ministers to try and preach the good news to the world in this next season that's coming in the race, that the obstacles that's coming to the church down the road that we have to face on to navigate, to preach the good word, which coming to us, the challenges of terrorism, sexism, racism, gender equality, social justice, mental health, COVID-19 and climate change. See, they're all coming down the race for the church but the church has got to be able to navigate and not to be distracted, but support the things that's right and justice, but yet never for dropping the message of the gospel, of the good news, that Jesus is the answer to all our issues in our life. 
And even though they were stewards of our planet and we have to make sure people's honoured who they are image in Christ, that we have to make sure that these are coming down the road to the church and if we're not careful and if we don't hold on to God and if we don't hold the the good news of Jesus in our hands, we're going to get derailed in our faith. But I want to tell you that as you look through the Scriptures, there are many people who finished the race well, knew that the walk and the run for God was not easy. And what we need to know in our lives that if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to finish well, if you're going to go 100% and go wholeheartedly, then you're going to face some difficulties in your life. If you look at the Apostle Paul, he said, I've been in prison more frequently, flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. How many of you can say, oh, Paul, I know what, you've, I know what you're going through. I've had that experience. You know, we've probably come to church a little bit earlier today to set up and to give our time and our talent and our time to the Lord But I want to tell you, I'm not sure that that's the race that we've been handed to follow Jesus. But I want to tell you, if you don't realise that we've got to buckle our belt and we've got to make sure that whatever comes down in our race that we're ready to say, God, we're not going to give up. We're going to hold on to faith and we're going to believe you and we are going to finish well. He said, I've been shipwrecked, spent the night in the open sea. I've been in danger from rivers, bandits, fellow Jews, Gentiles, in the country, in the sea, from false believers, laboured and toiled and have gone without sleep, have known to have hunger and thirst, often gone without food and sleep, been cold and naked. And besides that, he said, but the pressure of the concern for the local church. Wow. What a race this man was in. But actually, he said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I want to tell you, the Apostle Paul is well qualified to actually quote that scripture because I want to tell you, he wasn't going to give up. And I will quote his last scripture as he comes to finish his race for the things in God. You know something? I want to tell you today that you have to make a decision that no matter what comes into your life, you cannot drop the baton of the race that God's marked out for you. You have to make a decision with all the feelings thrown away, with all the circumstances coming against you, that you have to make sure that you are going to say to the Lord, no matter what it takes, whatever's thrown at me, I am going to be like Caleb and I'm not going to allow anything to stop me from finishing this race for you. There has to be determination and the help of the Holy Spirit to help us do that. But there are three things that I want to talk to you about that you have to get over if you're going to finish this race. Well, the first thing is temptation. You know, 1 Corinthians 9 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. He's talking about discipline in your life as a follower of Jesus. If you continue read, it tells us about let's learn from the past who didn't run well, who allowed temptation to ruin their walk with God, sexual immorality, grumbling, testing Christ. And he said many of them died in the wilderness. Let's learn from them because they're left in Scripture to teach us that temptation can dismantle us from the race in the things of God. And I want to say to you that we, are, 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 we need to be careful that we don't get lured away through the, 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 the treasures and the pleasures of this life. 
and all the other things, the power and the immorality that will try and capture us and knock us out of the race. I want to say to you today, you know, maybe some of you have, have made mistakes. Maybe you have fallen into temptation. You, you're sat here today and you're online thinking, that's me now, I'm disqualified. There is no way that I can run the race for God. I've made a big mistake and I, I know I got tempted by the enemy and I fell for the bait and now I just feel I can't run as I used to. I want to tell you that's not true because the Bible tells us that if you confess your sin that he is faithful and just and he can forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and he can get you back in the race. And you can run as fast and even you will run even faster. Do you know why? Because you will learn from the last temptation that you regret. And you'll be stronger and you'll be fitter. And when that temptation comes again into your life, you'll recognise it and you will get over the hurdle and you'll be able to run further faster. So I want to say to you today, if you have faced temptation in your life or you're going through that right now, I want to say just resist that, resist the devil. But first of all, you've got to submit to God. You know, you can't submit, resist the devil until you submit to God. So no matter how much you pray and shout at the enemy and bind and loose, if your life is not submitted to God, you have no authority. It's only when you submit to God, you have authority to resist the devil. Come on, say amen with me. And some of you need to put your life in line with the word of God which then allows you to stand and resist the enemy and the temptation because the Bible says that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you cannot bear. But when you are tempted, he'll also provide a way out so you can endure it. I want to tell you every temptation has a doorway of exit. No one can blame the devil for what they've, mistakes they've made because God has always got a doorway that says exit. For Joseph, it was to run. Come on, speak to me. And so I want to say to you right now, if you're being tempted, there is another door. There is another option. That is to get out wherever it is and run to God. And I want to tell you, keep in the race. Secondly, the next hurdle is hardship. Hardship is so difficult because when it comes to us, we get disrailed, disappointed. Hebrews 12 says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Do you know our race, there's some endurance in that. It's not all easy. Scorned in its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, when hardship comes, we've got, to, we've got to understand that Christ himself endured hardship. And because of that, we have to consider him that even though our lives won't be quiet in the same way as Jesus, but we know that if we're going to follow God, we're going to have trouble. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. And so I want to say to you, if you're going through hardship right now, welcome to the walk of faith. You know something, when you understand that hardship and persecution, difficulties is a part of the race, it will make it easier for you. Because if you read Hebrews, it talks about that we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. If you read the witnesses, some Christians tend to be in either camp, but you need both crowds in Hebrews chapter 11. 
You need both crowds around your life when things get tough. Let me explain what kind of crowds they are because if you haven't got both crowds, you'll be out of balance and your life will be disillusioned in your walk with God. So the first crowd that you need around your life is those crowds that has conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what has been promised. These are the people that experience the power of God and the miracles of God evident in their life and they can give testimony of what God's done in their life right now. These are the people that shut the mouth of lions, they quench the, fire, the fury of the flames and escape the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses turn into strength, who've become powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Women who receive their dead back to life. We need to be around a crowd that's experienced the power and miracle working God in their life. Because what we don't want is a people to say that God doesn't, is no longer alive and moving and active. We don't want people saying to us, there's no more miracles anymore. There's no more signs and wonders. Is God really alive? No, we want, we want a church. We want a crowd around us that will tell us that Jesus is alive and he can, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. He can say that, you know, I was ending up going this way, but God moved and something happened miraculously and he turned my life around. And when things get dark, God can put on the light. We've got to have a crowd around us that can testify about the power and the faithfulness of God in our lives. But if you only have that crowd and that theology in your life, you're going to get messed up. Because the other crowd, that's in Hebrews, who were also commended for their faith, were people that didn't get their, their loved ones back to life. There were people that actually were sawn in two and didn't get the victory in that way. There were people, it tells us, that were tortured, refusing because they didn't want to be released because they wanted a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings and even chains and imprisonments. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. Said the, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. But these were all commended for the faith because the problem we have in Christianity is if you just surround yourself with people of victory, when hardship hits your life and God doesn't seem to work through for you, then nobody can tell you about the pain that it costs to follow Jesus when things don't work out. So you need the crowd that when their hope is in life, that things have gone upside down and they can't understand why God hasn't set them free or God hasn't come through in the way that he went through for the others in the first part of chapter 11. But they still stood firm and believed God for what was promised. Because the thing is, in Christian life, you need somebody that can talk to you about the pain of bereavement. You need somebody in life that can talk to you about the pain of loss and unanswered prayer and the feelings of quitting your faith. You need somebody that can be real on your life but will stand and say, but I'm not going to give up. I'm still believing God for a better ending. Because you have to have both kind of crowds in your life. You've got to have those that have victory. You've got to have those that have victory in a different way that have experienced the pain. Because I'll tell you why. Because you're going to experience more pain in your walk with God than you are joy. But if you only surround your people, we said with people who always gets breakthrough, always never get out of escape from any kind of hardship, you're going to be in big trouble when you face hardship. 
Because I tell you something, when I face hardship, you know, if I go to a Christian that's never faced any hardship, do you know what they're going to say to me? You just need to have a bit more faith. That's what they'll say to you. You need a bit more faith because look what God's done for me can do it for you. And that's true for you. But what I need in that moment, I need someone to come around and say, do you know something? I actually have gone through what you've gone through. And I've prayed and I've fasted and I've, I've sought God with all of my heart and actually nothing's changed. But what I know is this, that God is still faithful. Because I need to have that to keep me going in the race. Because if all I get is people telling me that you shouldn't face any pain, you'll never face any loss, you never go through hard times, sleepless nights, cold, without finances one minute, having a blessing the next. If I don't have identification that my walk with God is not always guarantee of blessing and breakthrough and everything's going to turn out well, I'm going to quit the race. So Hebrews 11 says, these are the crowds around your life. You need to know God that can help you through when he does bless you. But also you need the crowd to help you. God will also help you through even if he doesn't bless you the way you want him to. And if you can get a balanced theology, then you're going to make it. But not only that, I want to say to you, who do you think out of those two crowds are the best to minister to a world that's broken? People that have felt no pain or people that have felt pain? I knew who I want to get ministry off if my heart is broken. I I want to go to somebody that's had their heart broken and God's healed it. You know why? Because a textbook can't articulate the emotions they feel and what they've gone through. You can't get that in a Bible college or a master's degree or a course. You only get that kind of thing through experience. And when you feel it, you can minister life to people. I want to encourage you today Because there's a crowd in this room that thinks that God is not working for them and you think, why am I going through this heartache and pain? I want to tell you that God is still for you. I want to say to you, it's not because you haven't got enough faith. I can't really describe why it's happening to you the way it is. But I do know one thing, that when you come through this, you will be bigger on the inside. See, it's not always about the exterior breakthroughs, my friends. It's about what Christ does inside of you. So you end up being more like him. And saying like Job, even if he slays me, I ain't quitting. No matter what happens to me, I'm going to keep going and trusting God. And that's what we have to do when we're in this race. Because I want to tell you, in your life, You will face some decisions. You're thinking that God is not for you. The church is not for you. But you have to determine no matter what happens. I know my Jesus. He went to the cross for me. And he was willing to take the punishment that I deserved so I could find forgiveness. And the Hebrew says this, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. 
make level for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Say to you, don't allow your pain to, to derail you from the race, but be determined to know that God is up to something in and through your life. And finally, the third hurdle that we need to get over and then I've come to conclusion. And this hurdle's called others. Say others. Galatians 5 says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who called you. I don't know how many Christians have been derailed because of others. Of what others have done to them in the church. Of what others have done to them in their family. Of what others have done to them in life. And because of others, we've been derailed from the race. And the Lord wants to speak to some of you today and online that you cannot have that as an excuse when you stand before him. Because God will, will be, you'll be responsible for God for your own race. And I understand that other people have been wrong in your life. And there is no justification for what they may have done to you. But I want to tell you something. Are you going to live the rest of your life allowing others to rob you from the prize? I want to tell you, don't allow that to rob you from your walk with God. You see, Jesus experienced let down from people. It says that everyone deserted him and fled. You see, Jesus knows what it's like to be let down by others. So much so that he was left alone. Even though he was willing to give his life for them, they left him and deserted him. The Apostle Paul also knew what it was like to be deserted. He said, at my first defence, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. You know what the key is when others do something to you to disrail you, dishearten you, disappoint you? Is that you've got to lean into God. You've got to get back on your knees before the Lord because the Apostle Paul says this, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. There is a key when others try and derail you and it's this. 2 Timothy 4.16 says, may it not be held against them. No one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. But may it not be held against them. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was not going to allow others to contaminate his spirit in finishing the race. And when he said that, when he released others, do you know what he said? It 
is finished. He never said, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And I'm here to tell you today, no matter who you are, you're not finished. Why? Because he who started this good work in you will finish it to completion. For he is faithful. He is our good shepherd. And even though you will walk for the valley of the shadow of death, he walks with you. See, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Because at the finish, he prepares a table for you. In the presence of your enemies. And there, your cup will overflow. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Caleb would say to us, as I come to conclusion today, at the age of 40, I was surrounded by a community of people who would not and could not believe God for the promises. They criticized and they complained about me and Josh when we stood up and encouraged them that we could take it for God. But because of their unbelief, we stayed in the desert on the wrong side of the promise. Now, over four decades, we buried a lot of people. Thousands of graves of family and friends and fellow Israelites died in the desert. But I made a decision that over those years, I wasn't going to allow they're wrong to disqualify me from the race. Because here now at 85, I have still kept my zeal for God's plan. I refuse to allow the negative impact of others to stop me from finishing well. I still have passion. I still have faith. I refuse to quit. And I believe God for what he has in store for me. And I'm going to declare, Lord, give me this hill country. He has kept me and he will help me finish. See, church, we have a great high priest. He is first and last. He's Alpha Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the weight, the truth and the life. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the one who made all things and through him and by him and for him. And he's the one that holds things, all things together. He is supremacy over every power, dominion, present, present, past and future. He's the King of kings and Lords of lords. And he promised that he will help us finish the race. Usain Bolt said, I'm a poor starter. But body forward, head down. I keep driving. 
I keep driving. Glance left and right and see where my position is. I get cheers from the crowd. And then I make a decision, you're not going to catch me. Temptation is not going to trip me up. Hardship's not going to trip me up. Others are not going to trip me up. And then he finishes with this line to finish. And this is where the glory begins. And he stood on the finish line, by the way. When you get past the finished line. The Apostle Paul says this. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Why don't you stand with me if you can? I'm going to declare over your life today and online that if you are out the race and you know that, you're going to get back in it today. You're going to make a conscious decision. It might not be a bodily one. You're going to make a conscious decision before God and you say, no matter what's happened in my life, Lord, and you look back over your life, you think, do you know what? Temptation has derailed me. Hardship has knocked me off course. Others have cut in on me. But today... I refuse to allow those things to stop me from running for God. And I'm going to make a decision this morning to get back on track. I'm going to get back in the race. And I'm going to run like I've never run in my life for God. I thought I was fast then, but I'm going to even be faster now because it's not how I started, but it's how I'm going to finish. And if you've lost hope in your life today and you feel like giving up, I'm going to tell you that He is able to strengthen you and encourage you and help you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Father, I speak life over every person in this place. Lord, I speak blessing over their present and their future. That, Father, they will not give up. They will not give in. And though they will focus their eyes on Jesus. And they will make a decision in their heart, no matter what's going on in your life right now, that I am not going to quit and I am going to finish this race. Father, Holy Spirit of God, I ask you now to bring strength to those that are weary. I ask you, Lord, to bring forgiveness to those who feel guilty. I ask you, Father, to release some people right now what they need to release in their life. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, give them the strength, Lord, to hurdle this issue right now. Father, I pray for everybody that hears my voice online and in this building. 
I ask you, Father, right now that they will finish the race that you've marked out for them. They will finish, Lord, the race that you've marked out for them. And we ask it in the name of Jesus.